Hello, bonjour, ni hao, and salut. Welcome back to the Impact Around the World podcast. I'm Cassandra Pittman, edX Country Manager for the UK and Ireland and host of the show. On this week's episode, I'm joined by one of India's rising stars, EdEx Masters in Management from 2016 graduate Manu Menon. Manu currently leads business development initiatives for the largest software division of Bosch. Driven by a keen intellectual curiosity and steadfast vision to make a meaningful impact, sound familiar, EdEckers? Manu is one of the youngest candidates to have ever held his position at Bosch, or indeed any similar multinational company. Indian by birth, he has lived and worked across nearly a dozen global markets, including Germany, France, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Hong Kong, Singapore, China, and Mexico. Manu, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure is absolutely mine. Thank you, Cassandra. And that was uh, quite an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. So where are, are you? Are you calling in today from India? Are we talking with you in India today? That's absolutely right. So I am joining in from Bangalore. So it's in the southern part of India. That's where the headquarters of the software division of Bosch is. Amazing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm recording today from London. I see. Um, and uh, we are here, we're recording for those, for listeners, um, towards the middle of August. Um, and we are tentatively in our last phases of easing the lockdown. So we're able right. to go out now and eat and um, wear masks in, in most most places indoors. But life is is sort of returning to the newish normal, I guess. Uh, right. Tentatively, we don't know what we don't know what the autumn will bring. But how are things like in India at the moment? Well, uh, I'm afraid I can't say the same about India. Like, if you ask about life here, it it appears as if it's going back to normal. The restrictions are slowly but definitely easing down. But if you look at the sheer number and the magnitude of the impact that COVID has had in India. It's uh, very, very unfortunate. And unfortunately, I think India has one of the highest growth rates in the world right now. So unfortunately, things are pretty bad. Mm. And um, have you spent the entire period in Bangalore or, um, or were, you, were you able to, to travel? Is your family there with you? Uh, no, my family is not there. In fact, my family is actually based in the Middle East. Uh, surprisingly, as it may seem, I had just come down to France and also went to Mexico on business trip somewhere in the middle of February. And as soon as I was mm. back, you had the whole COVID situation, lockdown happening in India, etc. So I think I was like mm. one of the lucky few just to make it back on time so that, you know, I was yeah. back in the country before the lockdown happened. So I'm, I have been here in Bangalore for the like pretty much lockdown, like in singularity of time and space, you know, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how it is. How, how are you, I mean, how are you holding up? How are you coping? Uh, in the beginning, you know, it was quite uh, amusing because, you know, you just had so much time all of a sudden, all the time you spent on commute or doing other stuff, you suddenly had it all for yourself. So the thing I was, I have to be honest, I was like, quite excited. I started, you know, writing more, blogging more, blogging more, started reading a lot more and all that happened, even got in touch with a lot of friends. I don't think I have ever talked so much to all my friends as much as in the last few months. 
But mm. I think after a few months, uh, I think things are beginning to take a hit. It uh, feels quite boring now. You know, <laughs> I had enough yeah. of this, you know. Tell me about these blogs. Is there more than one? Yeah, there is. Uh, you know, so I've always been wanting to write more. But I guess the last few years, uh, you know, you always think about it. I guess the biggest battle in your whole life is always the difference between thinking and acting. You always have thoughts and sometimes just don't do it or you procrastinate or whatever. So blogging for me was one of those things. But I think this lockdown finally gave me an opportunity to start writing about it. So surprisingly, first one was actually on working from home. And you know what my thoughts were from a company's perspective and also from a, an employee's perspective. And then after that, pretty much on business and technology revolving around like blockchain or IoT and the likes. So what are your thoughts on working from home? I mean, have, have your thoughts evolved or is now just the time for them to come, <laughs> yeah. to, the, come to the forefront? Yeah, but my thoughts have definitely evolved. So in the beginning, I was like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. And, you know, this can give you so much more productivity. And, you know, it was right. If you look at our own company, the Bosch digital company where I'm working at, uh, the productivity levels have actually shot up, despite the fact that most of the people are actually working from home. In fact, the first week of lockdown, all that the company did was essentially to sort of uh, distribute the lab equipment and so on and so forth. Because a lot of testing kind of requirements happened in the headquarters here in India. So all these were shipped to associate houses and they were, you know, expected to join from their houses. But the productivity levels surprisingly were quite high. But as we peaked towards, let's say, two to three months, what we also noticed was that uh, the productivity levels were also going low. I think fundamentally because in the end, people realized the importance of those informal chats, those conversations mm. you had with colleagues and so on. It just uh, mm. helps you get through the day better. You know, I think that's, that's one thing I'm definitely missing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think it's like anything, this whole situation has made us realize that we probably need to hybrid most of our models that right. that being completely remote is is not how human beings work best but also true. maybe we overvalued needing to go to the office every day that's true um true. and that's true for almost everything and we were talking about um this in terms of at edac uh, alumni we've been so highly reliant on physical events right um to spur our our feeling of community uh, and that's those are wonderful, but we've had to get a little bit more creative, and that's part of what this podcast is about, of course, um, is yeah. helping people have connection to the community when they when they aren't able to do physical events, and um, and that makes us be more creative. And so we'll probably when we come emerge from this period, in lots of ways, think about where is it most meaningful to have these in person connections throughout our lives and throughout our work, and where might we need to to rethink things a little bit. Right, absolutely right. And you know, what you just said is in fact the model being adopted by the IT industries in India as well. So the IT industry mm. in India is about a dollar, 200 billion euro, euro industry, like sorry, 200 billion dollar industry. So when you think about it, number of IT majors are actually headquartered in Bangalore. And many of them have taken active decision that about 50% plus of their workforce will actually be permanently working from home although they'll be expected yeah. to go in from a, you know, periodic basis. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of the, the well, certainly the big tech firms globally are looking at a similar model, right? Manu, what, uh, what year did you graduate? What year did you graduate? 2015. 2015. Okay, so not, not that long ago. Not yeah. long ago, indeed. What, yes. What attracted you? I mean, had you had you been living in France prior to that, or had you had a a desire to live in France? What attracted you to EdEx in the first instance? Oh, no, not at all. In fact, like I probably we didn't even speak a word of French except for Monsieur uh, before coming <laughs> to EdEx, you know. And it was so bad that I remember that my first day in Lille. And I was trying to read out the railway station's names in Lille. And I go like, Gare, Lille, Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> so it was oh, that bad. So, <laughs> yeah. So actually what attracted me to EDEC was I was definitely interested in applying to a top business school in France. So I was applied to a couple of them. And from EDEC, I got a good scholarship as well. And overall, it, it seemed like a school that is very much focused towards strategy and marketing. And all these factors, you know, sort of weighed in. And I was talking to a couple of alumni as well. Had a very good feedback also. So ultimately, I think uh, that I decided, you know, EDEC it is. And I have to admit that it was a very positive experience throughout my student life. And do you spend a year in Nice? Is that right? Actually, Lille. So Lille, okay. I was, yeah, Lille. Okay, um, so it's a little bit colder there than than on our Nice campus. Did That's you true. did you fall in love with France uh, in your year there? <laughs> well, uh, you know, like living in France, uh, in the beginning, I think it was like you hear about the place a lot, and that was actually my first time in Europe. If you don't count my trip to Istanbul, a part of which you know happened to be in Europe, so it was mm. like my first journey. So in the beginning, for sure, it was exciting. But I think you always have that curve of dip, you know, every time you go to a new country. So I had that yeah. somewhere after a few months. But I think the mm. campus life in a deck and the kind of friends you meet in a deck. And what was amazing, particularly about the school, was that you had people from all around the world. So it was yeah. not just, uh, unlike many U.S. schools, actually, where you have a lot of people from China and perhaps India. And that's about it. But I think one great thing about EDEC, uh, you know, has been that we have had people from all over the world, India, China, plus all the other countries all across. And that unique atmosphere most definitely gave me a good backdrop to, you know, understand more about cultures or uh, even discover myself mm. more. So I would say for me, like France was an interesting experience, although it had its difficult part. Uh, in, the, in the end of it, I think very positive. I think France, you know, as somebody who is also not French and right. lived in France for a number of years with going there, you know, with extremely poor French like you. I mean, I maybe could say more than one word in French uh, when I moved there, but <laughs> definitely not more than 10. Um, right. It's a, It can be a difficult country to move it to. Is. You know, it, it is. It's, it is. Yeah, the, uh, the bureaucracy and, and the language is very important there. So I think right. if you you don't have that, it can be a challenge. But I also just grew so much as a person and learned so much, like you said, kind of about myself um, and just developed this really deep appreciation for for the culture and, of course, met met wonderful people. Sure. I think one of the um, the unique aspects of an MBA is it's, you know, you usually have some experience going into an MBA 
you're so you're just that little bit older and it's it's a really unique time. I can't think of anything else that mirrors it to take you know a year off or so from from the need to work and really just focus on your intellectual development and your personal development social, you know, and really think about what you want for the next phase of your life, not just your career. What do you think your edX experience brought you outside of the career opportunities that it might've presented? Right. So I think, you know, uh, when I made my decision to get into a business school, fundamentally, I was uh, looking at development of three aspects. Uh, the first and foremost one was the skill. Second one, the network that I could create. And finally, the brand. So I think if you look at the EDEC journey overall, from a skills perspective, there was such a good grounding across a number of subjects from like, and people who have actually been in their professional lives, consultants, partners, and so on, come to the school and teaching. That proved to be a game changer because you realize the big difference between academia as well as real life work. And I've noticed that in business schools throughout the world, that is not something that you see very commonly. Like in many places, you do have a lot of focus on studies. You do have a lot of focus on academic-oriented studies. But at the same time, that connect that industry experts can bring in into academia, that's even more appreciated in a deck. For me, that was a big learning. So even on top of like career development, for me to realize that how is uh, industry life or consulting life much different from, let's say, an academic life. So that was one. Second, in terms of the friends and the, you know, at the end of the day, as they say, uh, we don't know, like, uh, you can, I mean, especially today, like what's going on right now, thanks to digital technologies, you have access to information pretty much from anywhere, uh, be it in, you know, anywhere in the world. You can always have courses online. But I think the biggest difference that you can really expect from any sort of a master's or an MBA or any kind of a program, especially in a business school, uh, like is from the kind of people you study it with. So I am mm. still in touch with my close friends from EDEC. And I think ultimately some of my close friends are from across the world. So ultimately that peer group and the surrounding and the critical thinking, the lateral thinking, the creativity, all of those factors we were exposed to along with the peer group, that proved to be a game changer, I would say. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of um, MBAs, when they're applying to MBA programs, kind of might have in the back of their mind, but potentially don't realize that it's it's one of the most valuable aspects of an MBA to you personally, but also to your long-term development in your career, um, you know, having your own, essentially your personal advisory board <laughs> that right. you can, that you can tap into for, you know, career decisions, et cetera. And the, I'm, I'm so impressed with the edit community specifically. I think there's something about the size of the program, which is not too large. So you get to know, you know, a lot of the people on the program in a, in a maybe in a deeper way and then also the fact that most most of the participants on the MBA program are from somewhere else. So right. everybody's coming into this kind of needing a new social group, right? right. Like they can't, ju- they're not just commuters, you know, 
by and large, they're not commuters and already, with already a social network there. And so these, you know, these bonds form, and I've seen this in the classes, it's so impressive, just very quickly and really super strong bonds. Um, and I think that's a, yeah, it's something that, that really can't be overstated, actually. Yeah, yeah. Talking of which, you know, like uh, one of my close friends from Adek, uh, Ipolit, he just, he's getting married tomorrow and uh, we're supposed to be there in France for the marriage. Oh. Yes, unfortunately, oh. yeah, yeah, there is no, not much of travel allowed. And especially as a tourist, uh, you know, there's no travel allowed. So I had yeah. to settle for a video call and join the celebration with the friends there. What's his name? Ipoli Loire. Ipoli, okay, well, we'll send him a congratulations as well on the podcast. Um, <laughs> quite brave of him because I didn't think, I mean, I know that um, it's really difficult to even have a, a wedding. Um, I think in, I, I don't know what the regulations are in France. Here, I think you're allowed to have up to 30 people potentially right. at a wedding. Right. Um, right. I, I wouldn't quote me on that, but it's, it's quite small. So it it is quite a, small. Uh, I'm uncertain. Yeah. 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 I think there's so I wanna, like a, wanna, yeah. No, please go. So, no, please go ahead. No, I think there's sort of like a limited uh, size celebration. Uh, so I think the number of people in the wedding are quite limited. In fact, I think yeah. it had to be downsized, keeping in mind the new restrictions. So I think they're taking all the precautions, but they decided to go ahead. You know. Yeah. Sometimes you just <laughs> you know when you know you, you know and you want to do it. True. True. Yeah. True. Absolutely. Not not even a pandemic can stop you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can stop love, Manu. Nothing indeed, can stop love. indeed, absolutely. So switching gears uh, one more time here, we obviously have a, a fairly significant cohort of Indian nationals across all of our programs, some pre-experience, some post-experience. I've been asking every guest in this series this because something that does keep me up at night these right. days is the challenges are particularly our pre-experienced graduates um, or those with little experience, you know, in our master's degree programs, they're entering a really tough job market, you know, tougher right. for sure than the <clears throat> financial crisis. Um, probably the the toughest in my lifetime and we don't know quite how bad it's, it's going to get, but it's, you know, some mixed messages now. Do you have any any words of wisdom, any advice, um, potentially for for those um, who come as well from India or or also further afield? Right. Yep. Yep. For, for sure. Uh, you know. Uh, in fact, I have to be very honest. So when when I joined EdTech, uh, the number of Indian students were quite low. I was one of the few Indian students, but uh, increasingly, as I understand from our country manager in Malaysia and the teams in EdTech. Uh, the number of students coming from India have uh, sort of skyrocketed, you know, and uh, I can understand why, because you have like in, in absolute size, uh, next to China, for sure. But at the same time, about 9 million students graduate in India every year, you know, and if you look at the Indian economy, even at the like, it's not a good year this year, nor was the last year the best year. So even with the full steam of the economy at, let's say, 7, 7.5% growth rate for a 2 trillion plus economy, uh, India is not able to make enough jobs for all of those 9 million, maybe half of it at the mass. So in a sense, you have a lot of people in India who are either underemployed 
or let's say unemployed, not in the right place, doing the right kind of job. So in places like India, competition, unfortunately, has been a way of life since our childhood because we have been sort of being used to it. And as a result, for any person from India, I think they become clear on those basics, right? And I think for me also, when I reflect on my edX journey, what helped me better to leverage and go to different parts and be completely open to taking those risks and every single time has been that open-mindedness, but at the same time being completely driven to your core purpose. Like, why do you want to come to the college or what do you want to come to the studies? How do you make the most of it? So to that end, my biggest advice to all the recent graduates or all those of you who would like to come to EDEC will be that find out that unique inner journey of yours, what really drives you and let it drive you every single day. But use that unique journey to network more, build as much skills as you can and above all else, be very open-minded to take those risks to you know, dream as much as possible because I think the fundamental part is about dreaming. The next part is about acting on those dreams. So I think that's mm. the sort of a wisdom advice uh, that I would have. But I think that's what really has helped me too because throughout these journeys, I had no idea where I'm going to be or what I'm going to do. The one thing that's totally helped me is that firm belief and you know, working on it every single day. Menu, I love that. And I think that is the perfect place for us to close. If people want to learn more about you, about your thoughts on uh, business, technology, working from home, where should they go? For sure, they, I would love to connect with them on LinkedIn. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of students, mo- I think most of them from India uh, have been you know, reaching out to me as well on and off on edX, on, on our campus life, on academics, etc., I would love to keep in touch with uh, potential edX students or edX alumni through my LinkedIn or even Twitter. Talking about Twitter. So it's Manu underscore Menonpedia. Like Wikipedia, Menonpedia. Great. And we'll also link to your blogs in in the show notes so people can check those out as well. Sure thing. For sure. Thank you, Manu, so much. Have a wonderful evening in, in India. For sure. I mean, thank you so much, Cassandra. It's been, I think this whole, uh, you know, podcast series is quite a unique and bonding, you know, initiative. I'm sure that alums all over the world will reminisce their old days hearing all these talks. So thank you very much for the initiative. Thank you. Impact Around the World is an initiative of the pioneering edX delegations team and edX alumni. A huge thank you to my fellow country managers, Patricia in California, Cece in China, Nilesh in India, and Joyce in Singapore for helping to make these interviews happen. We're committed to building a community beyond the classroom for you, our 46,000 alumni in over 125 countries. Follow us on Twitter at at edecalumni or visit the alumni website at alumni.edec.edu to find out more about how you can connect with the edec community close to you and around the world. Thanks for listening.